We've always uh, been very pro-Norway when it comes to Eurovision. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like, yeah. Well, the and, like, Scandies Norwegian are pop. always um, top of the line or, or whatever you want to call it. It's always well, like... Yeah, I mean, they are, but I have to admit, like, the Eastern European countries are also pretty great when it comes to Eurovision. And I think it's because they're so earnest about it. Yes, they're very earnest. Yes. Right. And like the UK, I feel like the UK always tries to lean too hard into irony. And it I just think comes last year was poorly. so good, though. I loved last year's. I was like, I actually like this guy. Oh, my God. <laughs> and he was like third or something. That's like the first time they weren't in the bottom five. I know. For as long as I've ever watched it. And like Germany, for some reason, in recent years, just doesn't get it. Because yeah. they used to be great. Like, I mean, my I always go back to Genghis Khan, obviously, the classic uh, Eurovision song. But yeah, they had that one year. It was the girl who was like the um, like the faux, uh, like Harajuku anime girl. And I'm like, what are you doing, Germany? No, 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 no. But yeah, Scandinavia is usually pretty good. Finland. Their song this year is pretty good. Oh, I haven't heard. I haven't heard anything this year. We'll see. We'll see once it rolls out. Um... But yeah, I know the Swedes have have been doing their their pro, their um, <laughs> televised uh, election. That's also why I'm like, yeah, they're very earnest there as well because they <laughs> turned it into a whole you know months long selection process <laughs> of voting and like all of that. And it's like, uh-huh, oh, yeah, and you guys no, are so dedicated to yeah. this. <laughs> this is serious business. Yeah. So my dad and I we watched. Um, both both nights of the semifinals and the finals for Norway this year for Eurovision. And I have to say there was this uh, boy band that were, they were adorable. And um, yeah, unfortunately they, they made it to the finals, but they did not get selected. I think the winner was a sort of Ariana Grande, like knockoff. Um, but there, yeah, there were a few great entries. There was this one guy who had like a shoe that he drove around on stage, like a car. Wow. Uh, yeah, he was great. And then uh, my dad's favorite was this. It was one called it was like Freaky for the Weekend. <laughs> it, was, <laughs> it was like this R&B, like, you know, um, yeah, Freaky for the Weekend. That kind of, you know, classic Norwegian Party song. Party vibe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I that. It was pretty great. By Williams Jr. Ojausk. Landlord knocking 
But I guess, like, um, I mean, Norway and all these other Scandinavian countries, they're, they're so small, like, population-wise. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh... Yeah, ooh, Umami Tsumami. That was the boy band. Umami oh, Tsumami. wow. Yeah. That yeah. is a... Uh... Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what a name. Oh, my God. They were great. They were, like, they were very K-pop influenced, though, which was interesting. It well, wasn't... with a name like Umami, I'm like, that feels very like, oh, we need to we need to pull Asian influences from all over the place. Right, Let's just right. lose everything. Like, <laughs> Yeah, it was very K-pop-y, which was very interesting because, I mean, in the past, I feel like you would have seen, well, like 20 years ago, it was the like, the A-teens and A-1 and mm-hmm. um, those oh, yeah, kind of A1. groups remember them so well i was th- yeah. i kept thinking of a1 watching this uh well i was thinking i feel like the theme is more relevant than the blow by blow with since it's like more of a um, i don't know if the actual plot points themselves are that important over just like uh, yeah. Being, yeah 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 Although right. there are specific things that say that. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm so curious to hear what you think about this because, yeah, I've literally seen this movie probably about a dozen times. And I remember... Seen it in theaters? No, but okay. I saw it, like, around when it first came out. And I saw it without English subtitles. Like, I don't... And I don't speak Norwegian. Um, oh, wow. I mean, I can understand a bit, but I'm not... Um, much like much like Timothy in the movie my Norwegian is equivalent of uh you know I'm a big boy that's about (laughs) (laughs) that's about where I'm at (laughs) but it was so good and uh yeah and it it improves with the uh, English subtitles but yeah I, I probably saw it for the first time probably about 20 years ago around when it came out but um yeah well why don't we get into it uh and I feel like we should start off with really the the first big song from the film uh just as a little intro to what we're talking about today which is of course the excellent uh norwegian mockumentary get ready to be boys voiced and uh that would be cousin Be a couple, even if we want to be cousins. Hey, 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 hey
listening to it right now because <laughs> it's such a good song <laughs> they, they are all quite fun and catchy like it's it's so funny i was trying to figure out what play moment even is like did they make up that word I or mean, is they, that a name of a toy they must have made it up because okay, never... i was googling i'm like are there play moments i'm like what is this <laughs> We are the play, play moment. moment. Oh, well. <laughs> oh, well, yes. Um, welcome to the podcast. I'm back with Monia from, um, is it Ex- Exiled Fan is your Substack, right? Yeah. Do yeah. you want to give yourself a, a little introductory spiel or? Oh, um, exiled fan. I was exiled from the One Direction fandom. Um, and that's what I talked about last time I was on. And uh, yeah, I'm somehow still writing about what's going on over there. Because <laughs> <laughs> it never ends. It never ends, you know. Um, yeah, it, that's my niche. My super niche niche. Well, yeah, I thought you'd be a good person to uh, watch this and and uh, give some feedback on it because I I don't understand why this movie is not more widely known. Um, it is just, in my opinion, like the perfect boy band movie. And well, I've seen I can a tell lot you why because it doesn't. It never. It was never sent to any film festivals. It never made the international rounds. So there's no way for it to be known. I think, I think uh, the the um, what we were told with the internet, right, was that you know we can access everything, which is kind of true. But we're not actually accessing everything. We're just getting what is being fed to us, right? And as long as that one is just like circling in the the lonely little <laughs> Norwegian sphere, <laughs> it's not you know it's not going to go anywhere. Which yeah. is yeah. Yeah, I guess it helps that uh, Espen Ekbo, who's kind of the one of the two main guys behind it, is sort of very. He is just sort of aggressively does not use English and um, <laughs> is very, very much sort of Norwegian in his um, outlook. He's not. He's not trying to be the next Sasha Baron Cohen yeah, and cross over so to funny. America, even though he could because he's hilarious. They could but, so easily have made it like, like have it be a thing in Sweden. I don't remember this at all from Sweden. Yeah. 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 It's it's very strange that it's not. Yeah. So it's just like, it it feel like it was very isolated. (laughs) Especially since, is there anything Swedes like better than laughing at Norwegians being bumpkins? No. They love it. They love it. Like that's, that would have been, yeah. If nothing else, it would have drawn people because of that. And then they might've been like, wow, actually, this is kind of funny. But I wonder if it's because there's not really, 
any Swedish boy bands. Oh, um, that's I'm like trying to think because well, 18s was a thing, but it wasn't. Um, I mean, it was you know an ABBA cover band. <laughs> together band but it wasn't a boy band so it didn't have the same type of um I was gonna say struggles but what yeah. I mean is like you know it, it doesn't have the same type of thing and it's you know it was all just existing ABBA songs the the only one that I could think of was the Harry's like the Harry brothers who oh from won, like mm-hmm, the, that yeah, one Eurovision in like the 80s I think they count more as um oh I'm blanking on what it's called oh, like a family band well, no, there, there's like an entire, oh, so um, dance band music, I oh, guess okay. would be the direct translation. <laughs> and that's like a specific genre. feel like that's where they are because if I've ever seen anything that's kind of boy bandy it's like within that sphere and that's just like that doesn't even actually appeal to teenagers like it's very exclusively the middle-aged quotient it's it's a very strange thing I feel like they've tried on like idol or whatever but yeah it's not gone it's not gone very far they're, they're they absorb all the other boy bands like Westlife was massive there um, I feel like Boyzone was as well. A1, of course, Five, you know, like all of those bands, you know. I, you know, and I wonder if it's because they're exporting yes. all their greatest pop songs and pop song writers. I think so. I think so. <laughs> like it became, a, you know, a farm, a pop farm for, you know, Backstreet Boys, Britney, Christina, yeah. you know, all of those people. So they're they're not going to about to give the song <laughs> <laughs> to like domestic domestic boy pants. exactly like they you could be have selling a boys, it in LA. follow up where they're trying to get some Swedish songwriters and they're just like I'm sorry but this song is for uh, Ronan Keating I don't know I'm just like, <laughs> <laughs> is he even well in these days like, oh my well yeah these days it'd be like oh well, we're sending it to Seoul yeah, this yes. is going to, this is going to SM Entertainment this is going to uh, Johnny's yeah that is odd I never thought about that but that's that's interesting that there's no real domestic boy band scene well, in Sweden. I feel like because I always associate A1 with Norway, but it isn't actually a Norwegian band, is it? No, well, they were British, but they had like the one, one Norwegian, Norwegian <laughs> who makes a cameo. In... Yes. <laughs> oh, yes, I recognized him. <laughs> and Aqua also makes a cameo. I, I, I saw that. I recognized that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 
boys voiced uh i guess the best movie no one's ever seen um so yeah so it's a norwegian mockumentary um and it was sort of thrown together hastily after these um two comedians espen ekbo and henrik elvistad i hope i pronounced that right so they'd had this novelty one-off single called let me be your father christmas let me be your father christmas in 1999 and this song kind of took off and like sat at the top of the Norwegian charts for like 10 weeks and so Espen Ekbo did what any you know normal person would do and parlayed that success into (laughs) getting like the Norwegian film board to like give him money to make a movie about boys voice yeah (laughs) and so And so, yeah, so that's, that is what this movie is. And so it's kind of like a mix of real life and fake, the the sort of fake uh, journey that Boy's Voice goes on, but it it starts off from a a real place. And so like the whole movie is sort of framed as, you know, they get their um, like golden disc award for, um, for selling uh, like 20,000 copies. (laughs) And there's like all like all these sarcastic throwaway comments about, yeah, in Norway you only need to to sell twenty thousand copies to get like to get like a gold disc or a platinum disc. So I feel like yeah, I feel like twenty thousand would be a platinum disc because in the U.S. it's like fifty thousand. That's gold, isn't it? Uh, I don't know off the top of my head. I think so. So maybe that was platinum. It was like yeah. Maybe it was platinum. <laughs> Maybe it was platinum. But yeah, no, it, of course, it is It is a very, um, yeah, it's a very local type of thing. And their manager yeah. is like, yes, we will we will push towards international waters. And it's like, yeah, buddy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so the whole movie kind of follows the path of Boy's Voice as they try to parlay this one-off success of Let Me Be Your Father Christmas into recording an album and meeting with, I believe it was Universal. Yeah. Um, yeah, like like the Universal um, records and getting this like million dollar deal and like bouncing out from the domestic Norwegian scene to sort of the broader European market. And like <laughs> along the way, they suffer all the indignities of, um, you know, playing at malls and um, <laughs> one of my favorite scenes at like a, a country music festival where... <laughs> where they uh, uh yeah that you just see all these like local hicks like, <laughs> who are just not impressed oh god that's like yeah that's just the best where they like 
because you know they're cool this is like 2000 so they're all decked out and like i think they're wearing like hockey jerseys or football jerseys like american football jerseys and very cool and they get up on stage they have very many many oh my god i can't speak manure oh my god manicured yeah. facial hair is one of the things that i like even like the yeah. eyebrows and everything very oh, it's so good very like sharply <laughs> defined um so yeah it's definitely it's very much like the look for yeah, sure definitely. it feels very nsync-y with yeah. the look yeah and yeah they get up on stage and their accompanist is espen ekbo uh again um, in one of his many roles in the film, but playing like this real, like he's like sort of middle-aged <laughs> like keyboardist and he's got this cigarette and I believe he's wearing like, you know, sort of a traditional Norwegian sweater and, <laughs> and they're trying to like do their dance and he's just like, <laughs> it's very fun. We are the play moment. We are the play moment. We are the Playboy. Well, it's up to you. You just tell us what you want to do. Grand. We come in a cardboard box from afar. We're made in Taiwan, and you know who we are. A wonderful toy giving you so much joy that you cry out words like these. Quick. Let me play my Playboy piece. We are Playboy. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. So anyway, so Boy's Voice, it's uh, three um, three brothers. brothers. Yeah. 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 Espen Ekbo plays M. Pete. That's M apostrophe Pete. Uh, then there's uh, Roar, who's sort of the tall, um, silent one. And then Hot Tub, who is the, <laughs> who is a sort of shorter, um, he also has very manicured hair. And uh, yeah, he's he's the one who eventually is, uh, comes out as gay in another very humorous sequence. And then um, the co-writer of the film uh, plays their manager, Timothy, Timothy Dade. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, there's a couple of other sort of reoccurring characters. Venka, who's like the publicist, and uh, she's always sort of in a disheveled business suit. (laughs) I mean, she represents a bad PR person, like, perfectly. Like, I feel like her role isn't even a joke. (laughs) I'm like, this is what bad PR is. Like, this is legitimately happening out there. (laughs) Like, right now. Like, oh, you know, I, uh, it's my job to, like, um promote you know things and uh i get to meet a lot of celebrities a lot of stars it's like uh-huh yeah cool yeah. so you you don't actually do your job you're just you're just there for uh yeah all right she's all right. there she's there to meet celebrities and uh yeah god yeah there there's a lot of funny scenes with Venka. And then uh, the other big reoccurring character is, oh, well, there's a couple more. So there's Ova, who's like also played by Espen Ekbo. Which I did not even realize oh my God, until reading really? the Wikipedia. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, they look so different, but it could be all of the facial hair that is then, you know, gone yeah. when yeah. you place them. Yeah. 
Yeah, um, yeah, no, Esmond Ekbo, like, he, I think he's a comedic genius. I, I think if he, if he'd been British, you know, he'd be as big as Sasha Baron Cohen. He's so funny. Um, but yeah, so he plays Ova, who's like supposed to be maybe what, 14, 15. Yeah, it says um, 14. Okay, yeah, yeah. And he's just this super dorky kid. His voice keeps cracking all the time, but he's like this big boy's voice fan. And <laughs> he's like, he has like a website uh he bought the domain boysvoice.com uh, which a big deal in 2000 and then the other one is the uh girlfriend yes and pete's girlfriend yes <laughs> she's she's a bit young you know but he does say he will only go as low as 16 so and that's what that's how old she says she is so. yes and and I do think I'm not sure what the age uh, of consent is in Norway, but I'm assuming it's like 15, maybe or something. 15, 16. It probably is like it's legal. Yeah, it's probably yeah. 16. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I th- I find it incredibly like, <laughs> why would you do that? But it's legal, I guess. You know, so whatever. At least presumably. <laughs> dun dun dun. <laughs> yeah, it's funny within the course of the film too, because Impede is so immature. Like he's so oh, yeah. immature. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. So I mean, that's the 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 rotating cast of characters, and uh, yeah, Espen Ekbo shows up in a few other roles. He plays like a security guard, and yeah, he's also a uh, an IT guy. And then yep. there's also cameos from a ton of like Norwegian musicians, as well as um, like famous Norwegian comedians. So yeah, it's a pretty pretty star packed cast if you are from the from Norway um, but <laughs> <laughs> probably no one that, that anyone else would know well except maybe the singer from aha is, oh yeah 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 and he does Morten Harkett yeah uh, yeah and he does the voice for um one of the he sings one of the uh, boys voice songs oh yeah he sings the James Bond theme oh yeah spy me at noon to spy me at noon. Which is basically the theme for the movie because that's what they end on. Yeah. Uh, the credits. Yeah. It's yeah. pretty great. I love yeah. that. And he's just like, well, uh, well, the Bond thing is amazing because um, M. Pete says he wants to write a Bond song. And, and you know, he's a bit rebuffed because they're, he's told usually they write the song after the movie. And uh, he has a solution for that, though, because he also <laughs> wrote a movie. Um, and I think, did he want to play Bond as well? He might have. Yeah, I'm like, wait, was that also part of it? Or what, did he just write a screenplay? <laughs> he might have just written the screenplay, but I mean, he could have played James Bond. That would have been awesome. Yeah, that's the, the Norwegian Bond. Yeah. 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 We need a Norwegian Bond. Listen, There's you have a- to do things yourself <laughs> sometimes. You have to put your best foot forward. You have to show that you are capable yeah. So yeah, write a spec bond. Well, you know? and especially if you're trying to get out of the uh, local entertainment scene in Oslo, because I, will I feel say like they might have wanted to pick a different manager for that, though. <laughs> Timothy. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Timothy is a he's a funny character, and the one scene that I I always look forward to when I watch this movie, which I've done many times, but uh, they have this big meeting at. Um, Universal Records and 
the um the representative is american and only speaks english so they go into this meeting and at first they're speaking norwegian and the sort of local universal guys like oh, well you know we have this american here so let's just all speak in english and <laughs> like things just quickly quickly unravel it's it's a great scene but i i loved how i mean I just rewatched it recently, which is why I remember all of these d- details, but uh, where he's like, you know, it's pretty rude coming to a country and not even, you know, learning the language. Like, okay, wow. All right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, oh my God. I mean, he's not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and then the whole thing of like um, publicists who were just like, oh my, I can't believe I almost slept with someone who doesn't speak English. <laughs> Um, because that's what's real is he actually does not understand English. Um, so I'm not sure how he was planning to do an international launch. Um, <laughs> but yeah, he had high yeah. aspirations. High yeah. aspirations. Yeah. 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 The, um, the other scene that, well, there's a few of them that I really, really love. And what the other one is the, uh, the pop, pop, dop, the, um, the rally they they play this like sort of rally against drugs yeah it, and... it's kind of like a um salvation army type place i'm like that that's like the closest analog i can think of yeah and it's at a mall and you know all these young girls are there and they kind of on stage and timothy the world's worst manager uh you know they're they're gonna lip sync of course but the CD starts skipping. Yep. And I love that you say, of course, because it's like, I don't know that they even, (laughs) (laughs) well, they, should we reveal like what's even worse than the fact that they're lip syncing? Oh, that they can't sing. Oh, that, that, that it's not them singing, but they don't even know it. Yeah. Oh gosh. That was so sad. Yeah. Which, Side note, you know what I find so fascinating is that that was part of the Louis documentary as well. <gasps> no, was yeah. it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <gasps> he talked about how um, they edited him out out of the first single. And he was like, wow, okay. So for the next single, he went to the producer and was like, listen, I really just want to do things right. So um, I'll take as long as you need me to. Like, I will do all the takes you want as long as we get it because he's like, it's a producer the producer decides the cut. So like, of course, like this is the guy I have to impress. And then they get it and it's Harry singing his line. And he's like, okay, I guess I was a, a dumbass for thinking that. That's, you know, <laughs> I'm glad you brought that up though, because that's some, that scene. So, okay. So there's a scene. Um, this isn't at the, the Salvation Army rally. This is there. They show them in the recording studio yeah. singing, um, there uh hey mr president yes classic song oh it's you know it's it would have toppled (laughs) so many fascist you know um governments if it hadn't made it out there Oh, 
hot so hey mr president Det er en som synger jævlig surt her. Det er mulig at det er meg, men jeg har feedback i hovedet. Nei, jeg tror ikke du har det. Du har ikke det. Så, ja, så it's Hey Mr. President, they're singing it. And, you know, they just, they sound terrible. And the engineer, producer, he's like, yeah, okay, you guys are done. And he calls in a ringer, essentially, to come and sing their parts. And um, just the look on M. Pete's face, because he knows what's happening. It's just the pathos. Oh, my God. And he, he even, like, kind of walks through the recording studio, like, while the ringer is singing, like, all of the parts. And he's kind of like, well, when are we going to go back in? And they're like, no, you're done for the day. You can go home. And it's just so sad. It's, but it's not even, what's interesting too is that that's not even a only boy band phenomenon because there is a story for the Eagles where um, the one guy, well, it's great. I have this story and I don't even remember the guy's name. Oh no. <laughs> it's one of, the, one of the guys that doesn't get to sing a lot of songs, but it was his song and he recorded it and then he was taken out to like dinner by the manager and at dinner, the manager's like, FYI, they're re-recording it right now. Like, we can't have you singing on this. So, oh. like, enjoy the dinner. Like, you know, whatever. And it's just like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Um, it is all b- brutal, backstabbing, just, yeah. And I don't even think that was because he sang badly, because he did sing on songs. It's just that um, I think it's Don Henley, who was, like, the big ego guy, was like, I have to be the lead voice on everything yeah yeah and he's i think he's quite known as like an asshole (laughs) i mean i've heard stories from um uh like what johnny's and associates in japan Mm -hmm. of um so so famously from the group arashi so one of the members oh no this was before the group had debuted he would he would go in and was a ringer Mm -hmm. he would just sing vocals um so they had him sing this song and record it and he didn't realize he was singing as himself as Arashi's debut song. He had just gone in to record the song. I mean, that could have been anyone. <laughs> and yeah. then when he debuted, he was like, oh, that, that, uh, huh, okay. So, yeah, and I, I'm assuming it happens a lot in K-pop and all sorts yeah. of other, other uh, arenas. But, yeah, it's it's so sad. Oh, my God, that scene is really, it just crushes you. But it does lean into the the scandal of playback, which I'm, I feel like must happen more often than we think. I still remember the Ashley Simpson scandal, but I'm like, was that a scandal? Like, it was. I, I remember it too. <laughs> <laughs> and she got mocked mercilessly. Yeah. Because looking back, I'm like, okay. I mean, well, I think part of it too is we have. I don't know. It's like as as we create all these technical advances that allow poor singers to sound better, yeah, we also have the same sort of expectations that they they can actually duplicate that very polished and uh, auto-tuned and tweaked and massaged vocal live. Well, that's the in- only reason that they're there, right? Because you don't want to, th- I mean, I don't, obviously the Kardashians have tons of fans, so I can't speak 
for everyone that like, oh, you don't want to watch someone like a singer that's not actually singing. Like you want to think that they're there because of their talent, even though that's not true most of the time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it becomes like, wait a minute, what is this shortcut? But I think with like artists like, I mean, Simpson is, was not a big dancer, but when I think about Britney and stuff, I'm like, she must not have been singing. Like she was doing crazy dances. Like there's no way she was singing. Um, and also she didn't have a great voice either. So it's like, well, and I know when, when Lady Gaga did a lot of choreography and she would sing and it just didn't like, it didn't sound great because she was dancing. And yeah, I know there's like it, yeah, your and, breath. Yeah. You have to catch yeah. your breath and stuff. Yeah. And in sync famously, and this is like the whole, um, another great boy band this one is real though documentary the uh, boy band con the lou perlman movie yeah oh god that's excellent but yeah it's so good and i wish that it had gotten more attention yeah i don't understand again it's another one i don't understand why it didn't but yeah you kind of just you understand that that the backstreet boys and in sync because the, the people around them didn't really understand that there were all these shortcuts you could take they trained and drilled and trained and drilled for years to be able to sing and dance at the same time. And even then, I've because I have um, some of the NSYNC concert um, DVDs, and you know you can hear them occasionally falter and try to catch their breath. And um, but you know it still sounds pretty good. But you know we we I feel like that's not that's not usual for singers and dancers especially to do that and one direction wasn't they didn't dance so they they did sing and i do know that because there are multiple videos of like harry like being out of breath so someone else had to do his lines um which is why i'm I'm still like i can't believe you guys went with this one like (laughs) he couldn't even finish his lines in the band like what are you doing but you know whatever that's just my my uh my standard <laughs> my standard <laughs> line you know well um, and, and um the, the other thing too is now we have all these fan cams you know and people oh, yeah, record yeah, yeah. the concerts on their phones and stuff and so even if they do sing live and you hear it on that fan cam it gets polished up and um if there is an official concert um release a lot of times they do they will re-record the vocals um i can Think of examples of that. Um, That's so fascinating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is interesting, but yeah. So live singing, um, I think a lot of people don't. Yeah, a lot of people don't understand really what goes into it. I'm doing this tonight. You're probably gonna start a fight. I know this can't be right. Hey, baby, come on. I loved you when sleep. You weren't there for me So now it's time to leave And make it alone I know that I can't take no more It ain't no lie I wanna see you out that door Come on, bye-bye-bye Don't wanna be a fool for you Just another player in your game for two You may hate me, but it ain't no lie Baby, bye-bye-bye so many gets up. I just wanted to add enough. I might sound crazy, but it ain't no lie. Bye, bye, bye. And this is like a completely side note, but I feel like there is also something about 
when you watch something broadcast, like that there is a different way, like it just sounds different. Like, first of all, I don't think I've ever seen a performance on SNL that I thought sounded good, even from artists that I know can perform. Like SNL always sounds like shit to me. I'm always like, this is awful. Everything is just like loud and clangy and the voices are off and just like all over the place. And I also know that with Fallout Boy, when I got into them, I was always like, yeah, but Patrick can't really sing. <laughs> like, I would be like, all the performances, I'd be like, he sounds so off key. And there's like a lot of like weird straining. And then when I saw them live, I was like, oh my God, he sounds amazing. And I was just like, what is going on? <laughs> so I don't know. It feels like there's some sort of, like as the tech processes it, maybe it's just a conspiracy in my own head. I don't know. But. Yeah, it's... Yeah, there's a lot going on, I think. And well, so the um the group I was super into as like a young young adult teenager um was Bell and Sebastian and mm-hmm. they sounded terrible live <laughs> <laughs> for like for a while until they kind of figured out how to play their like how to how to make the sounds on the CD like kind of come alive like in a, in a real setting. Yeah. So yeah, it's there can be a real learning curve, I guess, in both ways. Yeah. But yeah, there's a, there's a lot of things that technology can do. I mean, even you know, twenty, thirty years ago, there was a lot technology could do that. Oh my God! Yeah. Yeah, that that may be invisible to your ears if you don't know what you're listening for. Um, and then yeah, you could be like Pete and wondering why every song on your CD just it's a different voice. I love that though because he was like, "Yeah, it's because my emotions are different," <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's how. And I was, I thought it was such a good, like, it was so smart to make the super fan also defend that. And you kind of feel like he feels that way because he, his voice is breaking. Like yeah. he had to quit the choir because his voice changed. So of course he's like, "Well, yeah, of course his voice sounds yeah. different." on oh, different man. songs it's not something you can help like yeah of course your voice just changes yeah oh my god and that of course another classic what is happening to my body oh my god i love <laughs> that one so much i it is so bizarre and like it's not even explicit but it's so gross oh it's so like gross. the dancing and like the oh my god yeah yeah, I'm gonna try. To, I'll try to link all the videos um, in the in in my show notes because they're so funny. And the um, the ma, 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 what's, what's happening, happening to, to my, my body? Everybody, cause I know what it means to be living on the planet as a boy in the teens. It really isn't easy turning into a man, cause puberty is part of the plan. You get pimples in your face and braces on your teeth, and your first pubic hair is growing underneath. Your voice is cracking up, you're feeling kinda silly when you're standing in the shower looking down at your willy going. Well, 
month later There's a girl in your class But you don't dare to date her So you're sad and surprised When it comes to your knowledge She's already banging boys Who go to college So the most exciting moment of your life In the teens Is going down to nervous Look for dirty magazines Realizing this is not the time For you to start dating You spend the weekends home alone Masturbating Going na 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 Um, yeah, he was asking how to translate puberty. What, what's puberty in Norwegian? Is it not just like... I think it's puberty. like puber, puberty. Yeah, so it's basically <laughs> the same thing. Yeah, I was like, is it not just like really similar? But yeah, that is that is such... And at the same time, I was like, this might actually be a good song to play for like 10-year-olds. <laughs> Like, yeah, you're probably going to be confused. But here, here, this song is going to teach you everything. It's like, yeah, oh, you're like, what's happening? But it's okay. Sure, it's it happens. It happens to all of us. And, you know, and it is true. Girls mature faster. Um, but, yeah, and I thought that one was interesting, too, because it was clearly a song aimed at young men who are not your typical boy band audience. But I think I think they're, you know, sort of young young boys do make up a certain part of the boy band audience oh um, my youngest brother was a Backstreet Boys fan before me right and he was like into them yeah, yeah like because they're cool guys like and I and it's nothing there's nothing like gay about it but I mean if you're like a young... yeah there's no there's no um and I think this goes even for the young girls that are into it is like all of the sexual undertones, like just go completely over your head. Oh, 100%, 100%. Like you listen to it like three years later and you're like, holy shit, was I singing this? Like, <laughs> <laughs> like I still think about the Max Boy song that's um, if you want it to be good girl, you got to get yourself a bad boy. <laughs> like, you know, it's like if you want it to be good, like, you know, it's like, what? You know it, and it'd just be like, yeah. If you like, and it's like, what are you saying? There's a lot of, yeah, yeah. There's a, there were a lot of things, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, I mean, I don't think there's anything like, yeah, like the 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 young young boys that just think that these guys are just like super cool, yeah, totally underrepresented in. uh sort of boy band media and studies so that's another reason i was just so happy with ova i mean even though he's like he's also hilarious and just the things that were like very of the time like he only had like two days a week he could oh use my the God. computer that was like my favorite thing i was like that is so perfectly accurate like you know yeah i have the sign it's like can you see it? oh yeah yeah it's like oh no wait wait i <laughs> I only have the computer on Tuesdays and Thursdays. <laughs> and he's such a good kid. Like he's just—he's like I think he probably is my favorite character in the whole thing. He's such a good kid. Like he's so earnest. He's earnest, yeah. Yeah. He's so <laughs> earnest and like, yeah, yeah. It's... Yeah, yeah. And I love that he's not. I mean, he's he's funny, but he's not like the butt of the joke. Right. Which I mean, I, appreciate. I could see. I could see how people would call his portrayal offensive just like i've seen people call swarm offensive and i'm like i don't know okay whatever guys um but he does do it very well and yeah it's never it's never used to humiliate him or anything yeah yeah i think that's a good way of putting it like the character is never humiliated it's it's a very loving depiction (laughs) i mean in fact 
he gets to perform on stage. Oh, my God. Yes. This is like the whole <laughs> sort of inception, the inception part where you have two characters played by Espinosa. Yes. Yes. <laughs> like swap places on stage. And but it like this it, is better than Hannah Montana. OK. Yeah. The yeah, layers. Yeah. The la- there's so <laughs> many layers. And this like blew my mind when like the first time I saw it and I was like, wait, so this character is so, so impede that so they have this they go through this whole big long thing and you know they get exposed for lip syncing it's a big um it's a big thing and like their deals canceled and they have to go around on like the the fish and their manager gets into a fight with a homeless person right because you need to add a bit more humiliation on this this thing and it's like he's not getting into a fight with a record executive or aggressive fans no. Yeah. It's a homeless. Yes. Yeah, so they had like a, you know, Venka would like her really pathetic press conference. Yeah. And um, yeah. So anyway, so they, they like, you know, they're taken to the bottom, but then they sort of work their way back up. They're going to be on the um, sort of the annual, the big annual, the equivalent of like the Grammys or something like the big annual show, music show, and everyone's going to be there. And um so they're going to perform their, you know, their song, We Are the Playmo Men. Yes. Their comeback single. Ooh, yeah. Showing off their amazingly sculpted foam bodies. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So they're, yeah. So they're in heavy makeup and, and heavy costuming. Um, Which and... is not making them look better. No. <laughs> is what you would expect. But it's weird because I, I, you know, it's sort of the song itself is kind of like half Barbie girl. Oh, yeah. Half um, like. Yeah, they are I think basically it's no the strings toy. attached. Oh, yeah. That's a good, good callback. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah like they're half... basically playing the toy that the play moment is the toy, I guess. I'm just curious as to like, I just keep thinking like, <laughs> is it a real brand? Like, I don't think so. <laughs> It should have been. They should have made it. <laughs> they should have made the toys. Yeah. Um, or sorry, the action figures. Um, well, that would be, um, yeah, that would be like Michael Eisner with his synergy. That would be the, the synergy there. Yeah, you need you need it. You need that synergy. You need it. Um, yeah. Yes. yeah, they're going to perform that, but. Yeah, but uh, Pete's like he twists his ankle or um, I think, yeah, he twists his ankle, right? And he can't go on. And luckily, Ova happens to have won a contest by eating fish fingers. Yeah. Many fish fingers. And um, he just happens to know all the, like, the dance moves and, and everything. So he steps in for Pete. And because they're covered in so much makeup and they're huge suits, it's like, no one's going to know. Come on. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and so he does it and is triumphant. Mm-hmm. And it's, yeah, it's amazing. But yeah, it's just the, but it, you know, and I and think. And no one believes him. And no one believes him. <laughs> no one believes he was really Pete. I mean, it's, yeah. It's Which just, makes sense. Like, yeah, <laughs> like I mean, if someone was like, I was actually the one performing, you're like, okay, we need to check you in somewhere. Yeah. Um. <laughs> but it's, I don't know, like, it's just. I just find that such like the, the one of the best depictions of like actual boy band, uh, the sort of boy band magic, where even if you're 
in it, even if you're on stage, even if you're the one actually doing it, you're still not. Oh, you're, you don't matter. You don't matter unless you've been picked. It is very much, it is, it is so true. And it's one of those things that's like, I mean, I'll say it's upsetting. I know it's ridiculous <laughs> to be upset about those things because that's apparently just how it's been done since the beginning of time. Yeah. But yeah, when you realize just how relevant the industry is to yeah. any of that, like you're like, oh, okay, it doesn't actually matter that they were performing because yeah, it doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't. We it can doesn't... just change the story. Yeah. Just change it, the story. And you then, can yeah. change the people in the makeup. You can change the... But it doesn't matter. That was boy's voice on stage. Yeah. You know, who actually was singing, who actually was dancing. Yeah. That, it doesn't matter. It's kind of... Um, I don't know if I mentioned this last time, but this was part of my research into boy band history is when I was looking at um, New Edition. And they had a very early lawsuit against their... Um, well, I, he wasn't really their manager, but he was their producer uh, slash Lou Perman type. Um, and he was, you know, yeah, he took all their money, basically. And they were like, OK, well, we want to leave. And his argument was they're basically actors in a play that I wrote. Like, they're interchangeable. Like, this is my creation. This is my play. They don't matter. Um, and that is, I think, how most of these people think about it. Um, oh yeah, yeah. That was the uh, the general, I believe, Maurice. Um, what was his last name? Uh, Star, is that right? I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he did the same thing to New Kids on the Block. Yeah. Basically. Well, he he was to saying now I know better. Yeah. To like now I know better. And I'm I mean, gonna, like that's like, his voice on some of the the songs too. Yeah. Doing, doing, yeah. 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 And that's what fascinates me about Lou Pearlman too, is because to to a certain extent, you know. He wasn't wrong that he was the the sixth member in, in in as much as that he put them together and kind of created the the mythos. But what separated Lou Perlman from guys like Marie Starr is that <laughs> yeah, like I said earlier, like Lou Perlman didn't realize that you could just hire professionals for like fifty bucks to sing <laughs> all the songs. You didn't have to find like in sync were you know a legitimately good vocal group like same with Backstreet and, Boys and he didn't even really need to put himself as a sixth member he could just do the standard um producer right. um like it's it's a it's an actual thing that they do where producers will find an artist and produce them and take them to a label and the money goes through them to yeah. the artist yeah and yeah. it's a production deal I think they're called um, and sometimes that's the best thing you can do. Um, but I mean that whole, yeah, the whole system is just very exploitative. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's pretty crazy when you look into it. Um, yeah. And, and boy's voice just puts it all out there and yeah. And oh that's... yes. Especially. Yeah. This is one of my favorite things with a manager is when they are, you know, they've been ousted throughout their plumbing. You know, because because they have bills, you know, they still have to work. They still have bills to pay. And then when we when we cut to the manager, he's like, well, you know, I'm still their manager. I still make 20 percent of what you know, I still take 20 percent of what they make. <laughs> and you're like, 
Okay. And that's also not wrong. Yeah, <laughs> like, I know. It's I also know. not wrong. Like the managers often will keep making money off of them after their deal ends, like sunset clauses and all of those things are work exactly that way. And then there's lawsuits because it's like, well, I put you in this position, so I should have more money. Yeah, it's all, it's all a thing. So yeah, you know, he took them to the plumbing, um, school, <laughs> yeah. fields, the fields of plumbing. So he's like, I need to also make some money off of this plumbing. Yeah. 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 Roar with his plumbing job. And then, yeah, um, Pete and Hot Tub end up moving. And there's that really, like, I think such a sad scene of Pete with like, his hair is not quite as styled. Like he's, it's a little more natural. Like he's not, well, he doesn't have someone to do it for him. He doesn't have someone to do it for him. Just like breaking down that all of his dreams have just vanished. And, you know, he, his just, I mean, just, he's like, yeah, I, I know I heard the CD. Like, I know that wasn't me singing, but like, what can I do? You know, but <laughs> the songs are so good. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the um oh yeah, because part of the scandal was also his girlfriend. Oh yeah, Tina. Yeah. Tina. And the problem isn't that she's sixteen, which I think is enough, um, to create a scandal, but no no. She was twelve. Yeah. <laughs> so they have an amazing song. Uh I don't know if it's called Twelve Year Old Woman I or it is called Twelve yeah, Year Old Woman. But that is a great line. <laughs> The whole thing of like, now I know why you should never ask a woman her age. Now I know the meaning of the phrase. You should never ask a woman about her age. Because your heart will fall apart if you ever catch a glimpse of her ID card. such a perfect pastiche of like that backstreet boys they yeah. all have like the long yeah. duster yeah. coats and yeah. yeah it's just like a, a a ballad just like such a perfect boy band ballad like all the songs are so good i'll i'll try to play a bit of everything oh, it's, but that one yeah it's so good yeah it's like oh my god yeah yeah i remember watching some of these um with friends that like did not know and they they didn't know it was parody <laughs> like, yeah and we're very confused at the 12 year old woman song I was like no it's from a it's from a movie it's also hard to like because because as i think there are a lot of like jokey bands in scandinavia i'm thinking like mr bombay i think was one and then there was like marculio and like oh god yeah and they would make those types of songs <laughs> <laughs> but they were serious like and even if it was parody, it was like, they were serious. <laughs> so you're just like, oh, we're pretend, we're, okay, we're just taking this seriously. Okay. All right. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If people aren't, like, hip to 
Scandinavian like top 40 uh oh it's wild it's pretty wild it is so wild it's basically like weird owl but <laughs> not on steroids like more on acid maybe yeah, um, something like that some of the weirdest weirdest stuff gets through like that duo um that were pretty popular around my family what was it Stasman Stasman allows they had like a hit about pizza Maybe that's where Macaulay Culkin got his idea because he has some band that only sings about pizza. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Maybe I think it's called the Pizza Underground. I, yeah, he's clearly just plagiarizing from Statesman and Laos. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, he can do what he wants now. <laughs> yeah. He's yeah. like, F it. <laughs> I'm the pizza man. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah uh... But the um, the money thing, like, that goes back... I mean, I, I just some of this stuff. I don't know. It just feels like we have this cultural amnesia about it because we don't we don't want to think about it. Oh, it's like, insane. We yeah. don't remember anything. And I've noticed no. that in fandom, it's like things that happened three years ago. People are just like, I know nothing about any of this, and it's like, what is wrong with you people? <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's. I don't know if this stuff just doesn't get transmitted. It's because so I I rewatched the Ruddles. Uh, recently too and there's a couple of throwaway lines in there about so the Ruddles was a, a parody movie about the Beatles which mm-hmm. again I haven't seen anyone mention this in ages so I think this is another one that's been kind of memory hold yeah I've never seen or heard about it yeah it was until now okay yeah it was um uh it was Eric Idle and Neil Innes I think who were the the two guys behind that but it had like a, a ton of um like sort of classic Saturday Night Live, like John Belushi, Bill Murray, Gilda Radner are all in it. Um, yeah, a bunch of the Monty Python guys. George Harrison makes a cameo. Wow. And um, yeah, yeah, but there's like a couple of sort of throwaway lines about how the Ruddles uh, manager and uh, they like just took all their money. <laughs> and like the lawyers just took all their money. Yeah. Which is, you know, pretty close to what happened. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. And but again, I feel like all of this has been either written out of fandom knowledge or we just don't want to think about it. I don't know.
Simpson. It's a question I ask myself, like, constantly. Yeah. So I don't have an answer either. Because it is, it is truly, like, why is it so... What is up with this amnesia? Um, it's like we can't live in the moment, but for certain things... <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> only the moment exists. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess there's no real solutions to the music industry. It's so in. Yeah, I mean, what can you do? Oh, I don't know. Um, I w- oh, yeah. Since you mentioned the Ruggles, I also did watch some uh, a newer parody slash um, mock. Well, it's not. It's not filmed as a mockumentary. Yes, it's filmed more as like a. Uh, a comedy, the British Max with three X's. Ooh, okay. Uh, yeah, I haven't seen that one. So yeah, what's that one all about? It is also a boy band, but it's three of them. And um, it's O.T. Fengbele, or Feng, I don't know how to pronounce his last name. Um, I just, like, butchered it. Um, and he is in, like, Handmaid's Tale and a bunch of other serious things. And he created this whole show, um, like, during his off time. And it was, like, directed by his brother, who also directs music videos. So it's like, okay, we got a lot of experience. And it just starts with, and it's just, like, so over-the-top. I almost said over-the-top realistic. But it's, like, it's what you would expect, but done so earnestly, where he's, like, you know, he's trying to make music, but um, he's not getting anywhere. So they're, like, we need to get the band back together. And he tries to go to one guy, and he doesn't even get into the grounds. Because he's, like, get the fuck away. I never want to see you. (laughs) Like, you know. He's like, it's fine, it's fine. I'll go, I'll go check out the other guy. He's in the hospital now, but he'll be fine. And like, he's in a coma, and he like full on dies like while he's there. And he's like, no, no, this is good. Death sells. Death sells. Okay, this is great. And he tries to like promote himself at the funeral and like starts singing. <laughs> My comeback single will be coming out soon. <laughs> like you know, and uh, he would have loved this. <laughs> like. And there was like a whole thing about how he goes to adopt a kid from India or Pakistan because he's like, I need to have something <laughs> to like make me stand out as, as a, as a philanthropist, you know, like I need to be a cool guy. <laughs> I, need, I need a child. <laughs> well, that's kind of like in um, Boy's Voice where they're, <laughs> they're choking that like, or in Pete's like, oh, well, we should have, one of us should be gay. Because, yes. because which is which it's is a like, recurring theme as well because they mentioned that in the beginning where he's yeah. like people always talking about gay stuff like as if boy yeah. bands are gay like there's nothing gay here yeah. I don't know. absolutely not <laughs> but, but his reasoning was that like well was it um uh which which was it westlife uh one of the groups from the time like had a member come out and he's like yeah they sold 30 percent more yeah, so, both of them did. Okay. Boys yeah, Zone like, and Westlife. Yeah, they're like, we got to um, do that too. <laughs> Backstreet Boys is the only one I know that has not had, well, I guess A1 and 5 and all of those smaller ones. But yeah. I remember always being like, is Backstreet Boys the exception? <laughs> I just mean like, yeah. strange. But <laughs> yeah. Superheroes can't be gay. We must fight our edges. Save our fellow man but no touching, yo, but no touching Superheroes can't be gay That's a rule that's written 
And that kinda sucks But not dick, cause that would be gay Taking down thugs throughout the city's lights But all I really crave is what's inside your tights That's the hardest fight, the one I'll never win I wanna upside down like your man Lynchin Fly me to the moon and let me play among the stars Let me see what love is like with superhuman power. But you know Mary Jane, it can never be us Cause the hero and the queer went the same and thus Superheroes can't be gay We must fight the villains I Americans don't I mean I guess we like boy bands to an extent but I just feel like we like at least in contemporary times just don't have you know we don't have the appetite for for artifice anymore I don't think that's true at all really? <laughs> yeah no I think I think you're just selective but Maybe. artifice is like well we don't like we don't like artifice that sort of wears itself on its sleeve we still want you to be authentic even if the authentic is is an artifice yeah yeah because i mean just look at you know um (laughs) yeah or like taylor swift or any of these people that like claim to you know that because i i I sent you the link to that article right about the um oh who was it even that was like Oh, she's using her personal life to hook fans into these songs so that they can like find clues in the lyrics. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that's what Taylor Swift has been doing for, yeah. you know, forever. Yeah. Um, it's like, are you just paying attention now? Like, what do you think the shipper wars yeah. were about? Like, what do you think? Why do you think John Mayer was receiving hate messages? Yeah. Yeah. Because she wrote a song that they were like, this is about him. But she didn't say, hey, John Mayer, I hate you. Like, it's, you know, they're digging and they're like, oh, white shirts and a scarf. Who had a scarf? Oh, my God. I recognize that paper airplane. Who had the paper airplane? You know, and just like. It's just very, I don't, I mean, but we, we think it's real. I think that's the difference. I mean, it's artifice, but we consume it as real. And that's why we get so mad about, like, lip-syncing scandals and stuff. Um, let's see. I'm going to try to Google this band because I just know the one guy's name. Yeah. So, so there was basically this band, this boy band that was created, and one of them was openly gay. And they used that a lot to um, to promote it, just to be like, look, we, this, is, this is the band that has a gay guy. Like, come on. Like, is this amazing? Um, but, of course, they, they, they got a lot of... I don't want to call them conspiracists because they were proven correct. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, you know, a lot of people that were like speculating about another person in the band, basically. And uh, yeah, it turns out that he was also gay and he came out like after the band ended and he was saying like he felt like he couldn't come out while he was in the band because otherwise it would become the gay band. You know, like you can't just have two gay guys like that's unacceptable. (laughs) Like you can't do that. Like one is okay because you can use it as a as an angle but two is too much like because then it becomes a oh union j i think they were called because he's saying then we would be called union gay you know well i mean that is that's probably he he was probably correct about that yeah and i do think i do think he didn't say this explicitly but i do think that he hinted at um dan wooden trying to out him and that's why he even said anything because the uk press is notorious for doing unethical shit like that oh all the yeah i mean i just remember being we we might have talked about this but just devastated for lance from nsync when he was outed um and that was was it was it perez hilton 
or was it Perez uh, has outed many people yeah people it's forget that or once again the revisionism or you know whatever I mean, and some of this stuff, it's like, it's none of our business, but I mean, yeah, just to see this kind of used as a promotional angle and have it so cynically <laughs> like revealed and in, in boy's voice, I thought was very, uh, pointed. And it's ahead of its time because they were doing that in a two, like 2000, I think yeah. It even, yeah, no, it was, but also Scandinavian. So yeah, <laughs> <laughs> well, and also Norwegian. And yeah. clearly never escaped the borders of Norway. But yeah, you see it in K-pop now um, at some of these groups kind of aimed at a Western market. They're sort of picking up on some of these uh, sort of time-honored strategies here. But yeah, yeah, it's, it is interesting. Um, it's not, I don't know. I feel like we don't want the artifice revealed that to ha to, to have a single member who is being promoted as gay, that that's a, a marketing decision we want we want it to just be authentic that oh he's gay and proud and but yeah but then you find out that there's another member in the group and it's it gets a lot more money i think yeah and it's it's just interesting and i d have noticed this with 1d is like people will talk about the public images and how you shouldn't believe everything but then it becomes instead of being like part of it is true and part of it isn't like some of it is amped up for the press, uh, or leaned into a lot. Um, they, they turned it into, if this is what is being said, then the opposite must be true. Like the opposite, not, oh, interesting. not yeah. Yeah. And it's, you're just like, Oh my God. All right. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Which I think is also why we've seen like such an increase in, um, you know, conspiracies and theories, like in general, in news, because it becomes a thing of like, well, we can't trust anything. So therefore, it has to be the opposite. And you're just like, okay, well, now we'll never know the truth, because we're all just, you know, bouncing off of. <laughs> yeah, or there's just so much information out there. Yeah, that it gets just buried. Yeah, yeah. And you have like, yeah, just so many conspiracy theories. I mean, from fans, from QAnon, um, sort of, there was a, a documentary recently about the Japanese um, boy band, Svengali, uh, Johnny Kitagawa, um, and who, you know, uh, did sexually abuse sort of some of the young men under his care. Um, but there are, there are also like QAnon, Japanese QAnon sort of conspiracy theories about him that bring in like the you know the the zionist mafia and the unification church the korean unification church and there's this theory that he was like a cia plant um and that the americans have been protecting him and and it's like you know you get all of this noise and you know can you really dig through to the the accusations and stories that are real and the ones that are sort of these fever dreams. Yeah, no, no, of course not. Sorry, I feel like I'm bringing things down every time. No. We're like, oh, it's such a funny moment in the movie. Also, let's talk about this really dark topic. <laughs> like, no, but, but that's, I mean, I feel like that's also like the Scandinavian thing too, where things are funny, but they're also kind of dark. Oh, I mean, it's a really specific kind of comedy, I think. Yes. And like one of my favorite- Angle of Sadness, if you haven't watched it yet. Which one? 
classic uh, Scandinavian humor, Triangle of Sadness. Oh, I, I don't think I have, but yeah, yeah it was I will. it was surprisingly nominated for Best Picture, but I think that's because it was uh, the director Ruben Eslund's first English language feature. He has been nominated for um, Best Foreign Film before for uh, Force Majeure. That one is also like, oh my god, I laughed so much in the theater, and no one else was laughing. <laughs> <laughs> Because I'm like, are they not understanding that this is a comedy? <laughs> I was just like, uh, oh, wait. Okay. <laughs> it's just like, so, uh, like, it's not on the nose in the way that we would normally associate things being on the nose, but on the nose in the way that it's, like, uncomfortable. Like, too realistic. And, like, let's keep pushing it. <laughs> like, oh, you think this is uncomfortable? I'm going to go a little harder so you really feel it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess isn't that also like the um cuz aren't the no, they're the the dogma 95 and like yes. all of that stuff. Dinks, That's yeah, 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 yeah. Oh yeah, Winterberg um or Winterberg or however people say his name in English. I think one of the most depressing movies I have ever seen came from him. And of course Lars von Trier also has his horrible yeah. uh you know. It's uh well, I, one of the most interesting ones that I ever saw, um, this was in the theater. It was the, the oh, I forget the name now, but it was with Nicole Kidman. Yes. And the whole thing was just done on like this empty soundstage. With... Yeah, Dogville. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. That was so intense. And it, that it... is how I picture the internet, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Like, truly. Like, we're all acting <laughs> like we are in little houses, but yeah. we can actually see through everything. But we yes. pretend like we can't. Yeah. yeah, but it, it, that's gets, the internet. <laughs> it gets so real. And I watched that in the theater and I just remember getting like, just so everything falls away and, and it's like you're there. I mean, it's a, probably about the closest thing to like live theater. Oh, yeah. The experience of watching that. Yeah. yeah. I watched the documentary about it and um, it was quite good. But I, And I love Stellan Skarsgård was like, oh, I feel like... <laughs> still remember this because he's like oh I was telling Lars that uh uh you remind me of a child playing with with dolls uh and you're cutting their heads off <laughs> <laughs> playing with Playmomen <laughs> yeah yeah with Playmomen and you're like let's watch them suffer <laughs> <laughs> well you know what he's not wrong <laughs> yeah no exactly I'm like that is incredibly accurate uh yeah and he was he got more attention i think in the english speaking word for word world for nymphomaniac and melancholia um and the sequel to dogville which was mandalay mandalay yeah with bryce dallas howard but i think he was supposed to make a third one and that never happened he's dark he's really dark the bureau work movie too oh my is... god that's so but that's one of the best i think musicals i've seen from like the the west Mm -hmm. uh in a in a long time i feel like that's i don't i don't think i've seen another musical that good uh oh well i do love moulin rouge so <laughs> yeah <laughs> not my not my thing although i will i haven't seen elvis have you seen elvis oh no 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 yeah no 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 <laughs> no no i mean he's living the character now it's Which too is... much which is weird and why again like why do we, why do we have to do that here like why why do we need to live our characters he's like, also not even well i was gonna say he's not even young which is 
so rude of me. He is young. <laughs> he's 31. But I mean, like, well, the guy no, who would absorb, well, you know, in the frame, in the, in the scheme of the universe, you yeah, know, it's, yeah. it's so quite young. I mean, he looks young. I think I kind of thought he was maybe 20, in which case I was like, okay, I can sort of understand sort of getting the accent stuck. But as a full ass grown man, <laughs> what are you doing? Well, what? <laughs> well, then aren't you kind of going into like, um, oh, what is it? Like Chris Gaines, Chris Gaines territory. That sounds familiar. And now I'm like, wait. What? Oh, it was when Garth Brooks didn't. Oh, like... yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes, that's right. That's right. That was right. That's... Yeah, well, because he he thought that his audience wouldn't accept him doing rock songs. So he's like, well, I'll just create this whole alter ego yeah. and just be Chris Gaines. And that didn't did not work. <laughs> <laughs> it might have worked if he pulled the whole lip syncing thing again. He did the singing and someone else was the front. Yeah, yeah, but again, uh, ah, this just reminded me, like, um, so when the whole Millie Vanilli thing happened, which I mm-hmm. think might be the ground zero for yes. everyone's hatred of lip syncing or feeling like it's cheating somehow, but I mean, there were lawsuits, like, yes. there were literally lawsuits against, like, like, class action lawsuits against Millie Vanilli, against the New Kids on the Block, like, that was one of the stories... Um, and you probably came across this too, like, like the new kids on the block had to like fly back like overnight from Australia and like, I forget which show it was like Arsenio Hall or something and had to like sing live to be like, no guys, we can sing. It's kind of on par with, this feels like such a weird throwback because I'm like, wait, this doesn't even happen anymore. But whenever they would have female celebrities would be like, no, I have not had plastic surgery. Oh, and they would go on the reali- the show and they'd yeah. be like, we're doing a scan to check. <laughs> and it's like, I can't believe we're doing this. <laughs> I'm like, oh, my God. But yeah, like, I feel like you wouldn't see that today. No. Um, but it's just such a, I guess, just like a remnant of the era but yeah that that they would fly back like you know red eye flight or whatever from australia just to be like no we can sing it's we're not lip syncing like we can do it and i feel like Millie vanilli like i i don't know if i remember correctly but i feel like they were saying that they had never said they were gonna sing they're like we're dancers (laughs) yeah we're told we're We're we're, we're dancers yeah Like, we didn't expect... And it's actually not even that strange, because Take That was built with, um, I guess, three singers and two dancers, who kind of sing in the band, but, like, they were hired because of their dancing skills, like, not at all as singers, because they were like, we need a, we need some dynamic movement yeah, and on the stage. And some of the, um, the K-pop and J-pop groups um, do that as well. Like, they'll be... There's um, there's a whole sort of uh, groups that, that they're called the Exile Tribe, a bunch of groups under like the Exile brand. But a lot of them will have like one or two main singers and the rest are just dancing. Like mm-hmm. that's just what they do. They dance. And um, yeah, it's I, I don't know where this and in Is K-pop. Like the cat dolls? Did they do that too? The Pussycat Dolls? Well, I found out that Carmen Electra was in the Pussycat Dolls, and I'm pretty sure she's not a... No, wait, she does sing. Oh, my God. She was on Prince's label, so maybe she did sing. I just kind of, like, thought there was, like, Nicole Scherzinger and, like, just dancing girls. Um, but that was not one of my 
bands. So I could have just offended anyone who actually <laughs> knows something about the Pussycat Dolls. But I thought it was like a dance troupe, basically, that started, you know, having songs just because that's how you get exposure. Like, you yeah. don't really just send a dance troupe to dance unless there is a, a soundtrack to it. Yeah, well, that's um, Perfume, uh, J-pop group, that they're, they were a dance group. Um, and they, yeah, they, I mean, they lip sync, um, but they're, yeah, they're excellent. I love perfume. Um, but it's, yeah, it's, I, I just feel like, again, like that, that kind of artifice that's just so blatant just yeah. does not go over well here. Yeah. Oh no. Oh no. Pussycat Dolls, I think was never taken seriously and probably only did that well because it's like a bunch of pinups you know like specific like Carmen Electra was a pinup I'm pretty yeah, sure yeah. all of the others were as well and that's just how yeah like because I watched her video her one video for her single under Prince's label which I'm like this is so strange to me what is going on and it's basically just her stripping <laughs> like or like is she even she might not even be stripping but she's working like a, a pole basically yeah. Yeah. yeah and there's a lot of that and you're like okay <laughs> like we've lost an appreciation for like actual musicians mm -hmm. so we're in this limbo where we want our pop stars to be musicians but we don't it, it's just such a weird I, I just feel like we're living in such a weird time for for pop music yeah like it's really, very strange isn't it it's very strange it's um i read a description somewhere and i will not be able to um replicate it properly but it was something about like given enough people there is always going to be more talent like there are so many people who have the talent um so it like it kind of doesn't even matter anymore so you have to have some sort some some other reason to pick someone you know like they have to be more willing or more malleable or more you know narcissistic or you know more whatever to just sort of jump ahead and just be like hello um, yeah, or willing to backstab and yeah. and be and well, and then also be okay with either replacing someone's voice or yeah, replacing you know, or having your voice replaced and be like, I okay, mean, that's fine. like not not to go back to Mr. Styles, but like I still think sometimes about this doesn't happen to people like me. Like, did he actually believe that when he said it? What <laughs> you know what I mean? Whereas you're just like, what are you talking about? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I don't, yeah, I don't know. Did he believe it in the moment? Was he reciting a script? Yeah, you don't know. Oh no, that's too stupid. That was too stupid to be scripted. <laughs> um, no, no, no. That was on par with the movie. Feels like a movie. Oh, God. that was such a great line. And then you just see Chris Pine just like 
staring into the abyss like I, I'm here with this person <laughs> wow it feels like a movie so it's a movie you know why not cast this man <laughs> you know like why <laughs> yeah yeah why not I mean but again you get to like the the all the Marvel movies yep. and all of that stuff he's in is, Marvel too yeah it's just like people yeah. in front of a green screen oh yeah know? and and they were saying I think for I don't even remember the movie's names, but the one that was directed by Chloe Zhao with like Angelina Jolie and all the big names, they were, she was saying like, oh yes, I was thinking about fan fiction when I was working on it. Like, how do people look at the characters? And I'm like, that's not how you're supposed to think when you're making a movie. Yeah. That's how you think when you're making, you know, a, uh, something that has a consumer, like it's a consumer product with multiple branches. Like that's the only way that makes sense as a thought at all. Well, I've been, yeah, yeah, I've been looking into um, like Disney history a lot recently and Disney. um, Yeah, just like Disney history. And and I feel like a lot of what's happening today, we can kind of look at Disney and, and how they've adjusted over the years, because, I mean, they used to just make movies. Yeah, that was it. They made movies and they I mean, they made animated shorts and. And it's when like Michael Eisner comes in with his like synergy and and they realize all the money to be made in like merchandising and because um, there was Disney merch, but it like they didn't make it. They just licensed out, you know, to whatever. Yeah. Um, and then I listened to a great podcast, which I, I can link to that, but it was all about like the history of like the princesses and like this idea of like building this princess brand yes and that is that came after me and I was always slightly confused because I was like I don't understand how they're deciding this I'm like it's oh. missing a bunch of people and it's no, like it's... no no it's the princesses and it's like what are you saying yeah <laughs> like... no it's to- completely arbitrary or not arbitrary but it, I mean it was they, they picked specific the, ones yeah it was specific ones and it and it all had to do with this branding and um so like originally I think Tinkerbell was included oh, as a wow. princess and then they spun her off to like her own like fairy branding thing. And then you have Alice in Wonderland with that branding. Um, but it's, it's interesting how that develops and you can kind of track that in the popular culture as well. And well, and especially with, you know, now that they're rolling up all these other IPs and brands and doing the exact same thing with them. So, you know, you have your, you know, they, they rolled up Star Wars, they rolled up Marvel, um, And they're doing the same same kinds of things, you know. And they're creating their little towns, which mm-hmm. I think is going to expand. I wrote about that. Um, though I feel like my piece is, is outdated now that their their government <laughs> things oh. have been <laughs> have been kind of rescinded, sort of. Well, sort um, of, and not at all. Because my I mean, my understanding is that they actually Florida realized that they they did not want to take on the burden of of running like the disney district and so they they basically kept everything the same except i think they get to appoint seats on like the the oh, board. On their board yeah, yeah that yeah. was already done in an incredibly sketchy way yeah, oh, yeah. yeah 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 because they're like oh well you have to live in that district but no one lives there but it's the ceos that are it's like it's a whole yeah yeah when they made their little town their first town they realized that oh no wait if they live in our district then they have voting power yeah <laughs> and we don't want that 
Yeah. How do we do this? Like, <laughs> they legitimately were like, oh, no, we have to <laughs> figure this out because we don't want the people to vote. Yeah. 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 So that like stuff like that, I think, I, I don't know, just that that whole the whole idea of like this company just started out making movies and making like animated shorts and well to be fair Walt Disney did want to create a utopia oh no he did yeah he absolutely just did. like within his own sphere like he right, didn't want to yeah. create a utopia for the world he wanted to create a utopia for the people that were going to pay for it oh and he was also very much um into I mean not quite Michael Eisner's synergy but um sort of tying up with brands and, and doing yeah. these brand link ups and yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. No, he was he was very much into that. But it's just the idea of like or maybe it's the IP that yes. that's that I'm I'm sort of pointing to more than anything well, else. It's very interesting. I've seen people um I don't know if it was the little mermaid that they were talking about, but people were saying like why, don't we have any better ideas? Like, why are we doing this again? And I'm just like, oh, have you not realized that this is to extend the copyright? Like, well, yeah. have you actually not realized that? Oh, my God. Okay. Well, and, and also, it's it's because, yeah, it's, and, and it's something they already own. So yeah. why waste money? Coming well, yeah, up and with it a, fully with a brand adds new... like a whole. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. yeah. You're right. You're expanding. You're expanding the footprint of of this IP that you already own. You're you're building the value of it. Where it's like, why would you make something new that you don't know if it's going to be a hit? It could be, you know. I mean, there's a bunch of Disney things that they haven't. They've sort of put in the the memory hole, not just Song of the South, but but there's a you know things like the Rescuers and um, the Great Mouse Detective and. And things like that, that that they'll never pull out again because the, the IP isn't worth anything. The brand's not worth anything. Yeah, there, I think this has become more of a problem within these spheres because it's kind of like shelving artists, which happens a lot within music industry. But we've only started to see that within, um, um, I'm trying to think of like how to word like media properties uh, recently. And I know that was a big deal with HBO Max, I think that acquired like a shit ton of stuff and then they were like actually we're not gonna we're not gonna put it on our service but not we're returning it to you yeah just like we're not gonna use it so we have it and it's never gonna see the light of day yeah well yeah it's like everything is now the disney vault oh yeah (laughs) yeah like every company now wants that disney vault this is their ip they're gonna lock it up and then that's it yeah. yeah. Yeah, and then if you tie them down, then they can't really do yeah, it's it's a uh it's a devious devious approach. It really is. It really really is. And in well looking into the Disney stuff, I mean I used to you know I'm a librarian. Um I used to be very indignant about things like um the fact that I mean speaking of little mermaid, if you ask any kid or Actually, if you ask anyone about The Little Mermaid, they're going to tell you the Disney story. Yeah. Like the Hans Christian Andersen story has been completely erased from yeah. popular memory. Just completely erased. <laughs> One of my um, crazy pipe dreams was to write a book or a screenplay based on his, uh, but also kind of based on him because of the the story of how he, like why he wrote it and all of that. Yeah. Um, Because I'm like, you never, (laughs) like, you never, and also it's not 
it's not the Disney version. Like it has nothing to do with you. So, um, but yeah, it's like, there's so many, well, all of their stories are completely whitewashed, like pretty woman, the original screenplay. If you haven't read it, Oh my God, you're like, this is what you bought and turned into pretty woman. Like, Holy, no, I haven't. Oh my God. Yeah. Oh my God. It is so dark. It does not end happily at all. Um, I think it's called like $10,000 or something. It's like he throws money at her and like kicks her out of the car. Like it's like a whole thing. Like there's absolutely no love. Like it's just very cut and dry. Like here's a heroin addict who's like doing what she has to oh like, and like and gets abused and like bye bye. And I'm like, you saw this and we're like, we can change this into a rom-com? <laughs> like, you didn't even go like, oh, maybe we can create something else. It's like, no, no, we'll take this. <laughs> and we just got to like, fluff it up, fluff it up a bit. <laughs> like, just fluff it up. Like, what? Okay. Yeah, yeah. So highly recommend that. It's easy to find <laughs> online. Yeah, I'll have to just, look for that. Yeah. People just don't really care. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, I mean, we like, I mean, at least, you know, Americans, I don't know about you Canadians, but we Americans love a happy ending. Yeah. And we don't tolerate sad endings and we don't tolerate sort of ambiguous endings very well. I watch a lot of Bollywood, um, have watched a lot of Bollywood over the years. And I, it's like, there are these big, like tearjerker, just epic, like epic tragedy movies. And I feel like they used to make those in Hollywood. Um, Yeah. Like, isn't the way we were like one of those? Yeah. I, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Right. Or like a star is born. Isn't that? (laughs) Yeah. Like these big, the ones where you leave the, the theater, just like crying. But those original fairy tales, you know, the fairy tale ending a lot of times would be like, oh, oops, you're tuned into Seafoam. And um, it was about teaching lessons. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Learn, learn that the world is not necessarily like things are not necessarily going to work out in your favor. There are Rumpelstiltskins that are going to offer you, you know, that are going to want you to sell your soul to them. And it's not going to turn out well if you do that, as opposed to, like, you know. And a lot of it comes down to luck, too. Yeah. Luck or... There are, there are so many fairy tales, too, about... I mean, not to circle around back to, um, like, some of these, like, pop stars and, and boy band people. But there, there are definitely are fairy tales where the hero of the fairy tale is just sort of this happy-go-lucky or not even happy-go-lucky but just sort of guy that just everything falls into his lap yeah and he just sort of wanders through life winning just winning at life yeah (laughs) and through no he doesn't work hard doesn't i feel like that's all of them (laughs) years ago when i was young
sorry. I like derailed the whole conversation. No, but yes, no, no. What is I mean, that? I did too. I brought like, <laughs> I mean, I brought up Disney because that's just been my thing. I'm reading Disney War. Mm-hmm. I'll let you know if it's any good. But yeah, like my whole new wheelhouse is that like Disney holds the key to everything that's happening in K-pop right now. Yeah, I mean, I, that would not surprise me at all. Uh, yeah. Yeah, well, like just the, the, IP, if, the IPification. Yeah. It's amazing that they stopped making music because they had a record label. They had Hollywood Records. Um, and they, they feel ripe to create bands on their own, their own, you know, K-pop groups, their own uh, D groups or whatever they would like to call them, you know. I think the only thing that's stopping them or that was kind of a, or has been a hurdle is that they can't really jump into the adult sphere. Um, so they keep having to replace, they kept having to Although, replace the artists. I will say this, they had High School Musical. Yes. And High School Musical, again, mostly memory hold, I think, but that was massive. Yeah. Massive at the time. I mean, they did tours, they did, um, and they had like hit songs i'm sure i am sure there's a certain age age range of people that would know any of those songs as like hits like people that grew up listening to like disney radio or whatever yeah but i guess it's like crossing over from that disney sphere into kind of the mainstream yes would be the hurdle Yes. But yeah, that's a good point. But even, I don't know, are even songs, I guess, Let It Go. Let It Go was a big hit. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. their actual songs, I feel like, do still, well, if they hit the, the adult sphere, it's because of the children. I feel like the Bruno song was really big. Yes, that was big, too. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I've managed to avoid a lot of yeah, well, <laughs> I have I have a herd of nieces that are like the perfect age. So I've, I've heard a lot more than... I, I might want to, but, um, yeah, anyway, back to, uh, <laughs> back on topic. Um, was there anything else you wanted to hit on? Were you boys voice or did you want to talk about the documentary? I mean, like in the world of like boy band movies there, well, there's boy voice, boys voiced, you know, the best. Um, I, I would count the Ruddles as kind of a part of, part of that. Um, well, there's, uh, Josie and the Pussycats, they had Du Jour as the uh, sort of fake boy band in that. Um, And you said Max. Yeah, there's Together. Oh, yes, Together. Um, Was it, were the Monkees a joke band at first? Were they one of those? No. Well, yeah, they were, so the Monkees were put together. They were, they were called. They had a TV show, right? Yeah, they were put together for the show, but Uh they, I don't think they were meant to be a parody. Okay. I think they were meant to be a real band, but just for the TV show. So they were a fake band that became real. Mm-hmm. Like that Pinocchio. Makes sense. Yeah, like Pinocchio. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because yeah, they, they, and they started off, they sa- I mean, they sang, I don't think they necessarily played on some of those earlier um records but they did eventually learn their instruments and play Mm -hmm. um and write their own songs yeah so that was like a little learning curve but um yeah i mean mike nesmith uh r.i.p 
um, was a great musician and Peter Tork also a very accomplished musician. Uh, Mickey Dolenz and Davy Jones were the two like kind of performers and mm-hmm. Davy had come from uh, theater, musical theater and Mickey Dolenz was just like an all around like just showbiz kid. Um, yeah, he's, I, I saw them, uh, well, I saw Mickey and Mike a couple of years ago, right before Mike passed away. And I mean, you know, he's got to be in his seventies, late seventies now and just phenomenal. Like, wow. he, yeah, he's still got it. He has still got it. Wow. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I have I have a lot to say about the Tomlinson documentary. I think I'm going to write a review, even though I'm like, this will get me double canceled. <laughs> well, don't uh, worry. If that's possible. I wrote uh, two reviews on the Johnny Kitagawa thing. So like, it's, it's... so niche. People are going to be like, stop talking about this band. <laughs> <laughs> we don't care. <laughs> but there's just so many things that I'm like, fascinating. Like, when you've been paying attention long enough, you're like, oh, so they're leading that. They're erasing this. They're changing the timeline. <laughs> You're like, okay. Yeah. Like, hmm, okay. Well, and, <laughs> and you know what? I mean, maybe this is just like my librarian coming out, but I think, or I wonder if part of it too is that like, as we rely more and more on digital stuff mm-hmm. and less on like printed books, I mean, you can change and edit things online. Yes. And it just disappears unless you're an obsessive weirdo like me and, you know, live on the yeah. back machine. Yes. And but, we rely so much more yeah. on being able to look things up that the information never really sticks, I feel like. Yeah. yeah. Unless you're like super invested in something. But I, I have like a ton of print books. Like I've got this massive book on the Bay City Rollers. It details all the abuse and, and oh yeah 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 that's know. on my to read list I'm pretty sure oh my god pretty it's sure that's huge the one, yeah. it's like 500 pages um only sad thing is that it takes decades before you actually get a lot of that information yeah if at right? all yeah, um, yeah but, yes exactly yeah. if at all if at yeah. all yeah well and then I you know and I have a whole bunch of things ranging from like choreography the Corey Feldman book and mm-hmm. um, I've, I've gotten some great stuff off eBay. Um, like I found this book that's, it was like profiles of different um, British like managers um, and included like Brian Epstein of the Beatles mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. and the uh, Bay City Rollers manager, which is why I, which is why I bought it. So I was like, well, let's see what they said about him like at the time. But um, yeah, it's, it's that kind of stuff that that's not online anywhere, you know? So it, so it may as well not exist. Yeah, it's wild. And even back then, there was like, there were errors. Because I remember when I was looking into, was I looking at the Beatles? I don't remember why I would have done that. Because I don't think I've written on them. But I know there was a Barbara Ehrenreich piece. And yes. she talked about how there was a uh, recovering Beatlemaniac group or something. And I was like... That's interesting. So I dug more into that. And then I found out that that thing was in a joke magazine. So <laughs> it's basically the equivalent of quoting The Onion. Oh, um, and I'm like, wow, I thought Barbara Ehrenreich was, uh, was far more detail-oriented than this. <laughs> like, <laughs> Oh, my gosh, really? Yes, yes, yeah. Because that's one that's kind of I've I've been interested in reading is that book that she did that does talk about, like, the Beatles. It's like the one on, like, uh, like female desire or something and mm-hmm. there's like that whole chapter on the Beatles um, hmm interesting 
Yeah, I could. I feel like I've probably saved the thing because I had to look so. Yeah, I had to do a lot of digging to find yeah. the actual thing because I was like, well, if this was the thing, it has to be somewhere. And then I eventually found the magazine. I, I certainly hope I saved it because knowing this universe, as you said, everything yeah. just disappears. Well, and you know, and more and more just gets just gets memory hold, and, and yeah. li- libraries are giving up their collections, and um, yeah. And you never know what's been edited to suit, yep. to you know, people can put things online, but you don't know if it's been edited. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Well, that's a depressing, okay. that's a depressing thing to end on, but. The um, opposite of a fairy tale happy ending. Yeah. <laughs> it kind of is, isn't it? Like all that, like, <laughs> like we had this amazing sort of temple of knowledge and we're just sort of erasing it sort of piece by piece. Um. Well, anyway, I think definitely, definitely if you can find a copy of Get Ready to Be Boy's Voice, I own mine on DVD with English subtitles. I watched it (laughs) on YouTube, so it can definitely be found, um, but it may have been edited. Who knows? I can't say. It could have been edited. Who can say? It could have been edited, but that is how I watched it. The songs are still top-notch the songs are incredible yeah and um yeah esmond ekbo also hilarious he does or i don't know if it's still on but he had this like show the asborn asborn breakfast show and he played like 20 characters but <laughs> and i'll try to link this too but in one of them as ova he goes and he like <laughs> and he interviews avril lavigne i think well, or amazing. kesha it's either Kesha or Avril Lavigne, but it was pretty funny. That's amazing. I love yeah. that. Yeah. And she clearly has no idea what's happening. Yeah. I feel like that must happen to them a lot, though. Like, all of these pop stars is like, I think probably, well, let's just say 10%. That's like a, a low estimate, but 10% of the interviews are just like, you know, for some other purpose that they've just been thrown into. And they're like, I guess this is happening. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, it's kind of funny, like, watching some of these K-pop stars now, like, come on American late-night shows, and I'm like, wow, yeah, I don't even know what and what and why these things exist anymore, but (laughs) but they do. Late-night talk shows are so pointless these days, truly, yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. Well, is there anything you want to uh, promote, or... Um, no, I'm, I'm still just writing on my Substack, as we've already mentioned. Um, yeah, that's, uh, that's about it. I just do some writing there, um, on music stuff and going to start including a bit more movies. Um, I did write on Swarm. If yeah, I was going to say, yeah, which I haven't watched. And I think judging from your review, I probably won't. Yeah, it's just it really just depends on what you expect, right? Because it's not it's not a good stand thriller, but if it's just like you know a thriller, a thriller yeah, then it's fine. It's perfectly yeah. fine. But yeah, it doesn't dig into what it could have, uh, which is kind of a shame. But yeah, I feel like there's enough material out there in yeah. the stand world yeah. that you could you could. There's so much. There's so much. And why use a fake suit? Okay, yeah, never mind. Yeah, it's like. <laughs> I'm like, why are you okay? Never mind. I'm like, oh, they're like, it does. It has all happened. It's like, uh, that's like saying, 
a single white female actually happened because it has happened that yeah. like like what are you talking about <laughs> silence of the lambs is real because there are psychotic serial killers out there like yeah. what are you talking yeah. about yeah yeah well you know there's one that i want to see that i haven't seen that was um pendulette uh, of Penn and teller did a film where he played like a crazy psycho fan who like kidnapped this actress to like make a movie hmm. and yeah like it's apparently like i yeah there are a few on my list of that type of genre um yeah my type of genre it's i mean it's a type <laughs> of genre i'm interested yeah. in because i think the because i if i'm remembering correctly the filming was or the the way that it was shot was supposed to kind of cut in between like the real movie his sort of fake version of trying to complete this movie and yeah it sounded really interesting and it had yeah. um missy Pyle in it who i love so oh yeah she's yeah. great oh she's, she's amazing great. she's so funny i will say too um when i was reading my book on imaginary social worlds he does talk about um the people that go extreme because he, he sort of builds off of that in that people were saying like these people are insane and it's like but they have the same type of social imaginary social worlds as the other people do like there's not actually anything that different <laughs> um but what it, like there's other differences but just that alone is not um that weird um but he mentioned a, a girl who was a baseball fan who shot a baseball player and i was like oh my god i had never even heard of this <laughs> So that's one of the early ones where, yeah, this girl was obsessed with a baseball player. And I think he was like transferred somewhere else. And she's like, I'm never going to have him. So she had to go. He he survived. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, she managed to get into the hotel and um, shoot him. Yeah. Wow. That's intense. Yeah. 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 The, I mean, the, the crazy fan stories are. Yeah. They're they're out there. Yeah. But I just want to say I would like to see something that touches more on how even within the fan communities the aggression exists like it's not always directed outwards it's not just an atomized individual um there is aggression within the fandoms themselves yeah and a lot of times it's it's almost focused more on kind of like these either like the big name fans yeah or like the lolcow fans that yeah. that you know for whatever reason people just follow them because they're i mean the equivalent of of chris chan or somebody like those fandom people exist yeah oh yeah 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 that's for uh another, another yeah one. well that's for that we can uh we can plot our own script <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> write our own novel oh yes absolutely all oh. right well, thank you for for chatting with me on this uh friday this you know end of the week yeah, you got, you got a weekend to rest up now. Hopefully, oh my god, yeah, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just really excited that somebody watched Boys Voice um, because for years this was like the movie that only my family knew about somehow. Wow. Okay, but, no, people yeah. need to watch this. <laughs> no, it's saying. on YouTube, guys, or an edited version or whatever. But like, it's, it's so good. 
it's really, yeah, it is really, I think as well, I, I feel like I need to emphasize, because I don't think that it's necessarily come across, but it is filmed so seriously. Oh, yeah. It is not a parody in the sense of like Mike Myers doing Austin Powers. It is so, what's it called? It's like like a straight man, you know, it's very yeah. no, matter it's, of fact. It's shot like, it's basically. I completely understand why people would think it was real. Yeah, no, it, because, well, and it also partly is real because yeah. they, you know, real life is sort of mixed in there but the um yeah it's shot kind of like the like the british office yeah where it's it's shot like a documentary or like one of those mtv like um like an mtv like real life or whatever like like an mtv tour documentary or something yeah versus um well like i just watched the ruddles and that's a pure like that's farce like there's jokes in every frame and this one the jokes come a lot more from like the characters and the situations and oh yeah i still like, i still one of my favorites is still like when he gets all made up and he's like you know we've lost all of our friends and you're like oh okay because you've changed he's like they changed <laughs> it's like they changed when we got famous it's like okay well, it's classic like flip of <laughs> Well, my one of my favorite bits, and maybe this because I've seen it so many times, is that there'll be so many times where like Pete is like really like saying something very serious to the camera, and it'll kind of pull out just a little bit, and you'll see like Hot Tub sitting next to him eating a pulsa, and he's eating like pulsa in like so many seats, <laughs> just like chowing down. They should have gotten a sponsorship from that. Instead. They really should. <laughs> instead of the fish fingers. Yeah, that was a missed opportunity. Oh my god, the fish fingers commercial. <laughs> oh, they're on the box. Like all of that is just like it's like the deal has been signed already. It's like oh wait what? <laughs> that commercial cracks me up so much. Oh, I love that. Oh, it's a, it's really it's really just like the best movie and like the best boy band movie. And, and really, I think it's not too far-fetched in present day that Fish Fingers would be sponsored by, or, you know, would have a um, pop sensation as sure. their um, spokes. I mean, look, you've got uh, um, people, like pop singers, like current ones, like Shilling for McDonald's, and, yeah, you know, it's not that far removed. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Popeyes and all yeah. of the thing and for delivery services and mm-hmm. yeah, everything. Yeah. 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 Boys voice paved the way. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Well, I think we should go out on just like the movie. Let's I think we should go out on Spy Me at Noon. <laughs> yes, of course. <laughs> sung, yes. sung by the lead singer of AHA, one of Norway's most storied musicians mm-hmm. he's amazing yes excellent voice excellent excellent voice nobody sings for him feel the chills that rise above you circumcised in modern oil with contradiction Evil resting in the soil I'm pleased with you The remedies you eat from a spoon Don't spy me tomorrow And I could fall of sorrow I'd fall under the moon So spy me at noon 
obsessed with lust. Condemnation. He has come to win the war and frightens you with melodies that singing in tune. Don't spend me tomorrow in a pitfall of sorrow. This horrible news I just heard Too late 